Hello and welcome to a special midweek episode of the Ramblin' Rev. I am your host, Pastor Scott Dalen, an ELCA pastor in Southwest Iowa, and I present these episodes typically every week. This one's, of course, out of the ordinary, but usually for the purpose of taking my brain out of the mode of background work and moving into the process of preparing the sermon that I will preach to my congregation for the weekend, or in this case, on a special midweek Ash Wednesday. So that's the first reason I do these, and the second is just to allow you, the listener, who have graciously given of your time to come by and listen to me ramble to gain some different insight into the assigned text for the week. So that's why I do these. This particular time around, Ash Wednesday, the kickoff of the season of Lent, the time when we will all hear the words, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. The assigned text for this time around that I will be preaching from comes out of 2 Corinthians 5:20b through 6 verse 10. Now, my practice in this, Ash Wednesday is one where all three years of the lectionary cycle feature the same text. And so to kind of give some variety from year to year to year, I rotate which of the three texts that I will preach from. Between this one out of 2 Corinthians, there's a reading that I believe to be out of Joel, and then one out of Matthew. Those are the three different readings that cycle through, and I rotate them, as I mentioned. This time around is the time when I go from 2 Corinthians. So I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then we will get into it. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labor, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. All right, so that is the reading. Kind of a weird one, admittedly, as we begin to explore this idea of Ash Wednesday and repentance and the call to public display of piety. Uh, One of those things that we do on Ash Wednesday is display the ashes on our foreheads with the reminder that we are dust, that we are mortal, that we are broken, that we are flawed. This practice takes on several different meetings. That's one of them, is recognizing our mortality. It's also seemingly a connection back to a very old, old, old practice of, of mourning and repentance and sorrow in which the individual would tear their clothes or rend their clothes and would pour ashes on themselves and they would sit in the remnants of fire and would just publicly display that pain that they are feeling within themselves in, in terms of, of what has happened in their lives around them. That's kind of what's going on there from that practice, and I think it's a good one. This is certainly fitting as we hear the the call to be reconciled with God or be reconciled to God. 
brings forth the idea of repentance, which is probably kind of the direction that I'm going to go as we consider our need to repent here at the beginning of the season of Lent. Now, different people take different stances on what the focal point of Lent should be, what what they they should be doing or practicing or giving up or focusing in on through this the course of the 40-day season leading up to Holy Week and the arrest and betrayal and death and then subsequent resurrection of Jesus uh, that culminates at Easter. That's what all of this is heading towards, but it really begins here. And in my practice, Ash Wednesday has has really kind of taken a focal point of being almost funeral-like. There's definitely some similarities in terms of, of the message that I tend to proclaim from the sermon standpoint. And, and I think that this is one of them, that, that we are called to repent and to be reconciled to God. Now, 2 Corinthians features a nod back to, I believe it's Isaiah, when we hear an acceptable time, I've listened to you on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time, now is the day of salvation. We're considering Isaiah there and, and, the, and the call that God has given that at the right time, God will be present with us. And as I think about that, as well as I think about all of these different, these different examples that Paul is listing off for the, the community at Corinth, to sort of justify himself, the ministry that he's been doing, he points out that there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. There's been a lot of really difficult things as, as we hear. There's been beatings and imprisonments and afflictions and hardships, sleepless nights and hunger and riots and labors and all kinds of these different things. But there's also been um, the, the display of patience and knowledge and, and purity and kindness and gentleness of spirit and holy, genuine love and spirit truthful speech and all of these things, all, all of these different things have been present and are, are marks and signs of the ministry. He even says that at one point. He says, no fault may be found with our ministry. Now that Greek word for ministry there is diakonia. Uh, sometimes it can be called service, but ministry is, is an acceptable way of talking about it as well. And this idea that Paul seems to be concerned that his audience, those at Corinth, will discount the ministry and if they discount his ministry, then they're going to be discounting the gospel that he's proclaiming, the gospel of Christ, and that is his main concern. Some background into this, uh, there's, uh, there's been a back and forth conversation between Paul and Corinth. There's, uh, we know of the two letters, there's what we call First and Second Corinthians, but scholars believe that this is actually letter number two and letter number four of a larger ongoing correspondence that following his first time and, and, and his establishment of the church, the work that he did there, he's sort of been undermined. Evangelists have come in with a different gospel and have, have kind of undermined what he has to say. And so there's, there's kind of this idea going on that that Paul is is trying to sort of save face or in the very least he's trying to justify the work that he has done in the ministry that he's been a part of because he wants them to still be faithful to the gospel faithful to the message and I think that's that's just a solid reminder for us to think about this that our lives as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, are not going to be perfect. This definitely offsets anything of the prosperity gospel that sometimes we hear about in the mainstream, that if you are faithful and, and love God, then God's going to bless you and your bank account's going to be huge. I really don't think that that, that uh, is something that we could read this this passage out of Second Corinthians and give any sort of credence to. But but rather, we Paul gives us a honest 
look into this is what a life of in ministry a life of faith can look like and and in his time there in the mid to late first century it was a hard time to be a christian in the roman empire there were a lot of persecutions there were a lot of dangers that we at least here in the united states definitely do not face now in the 21st century sometimes we like to think we're being persecuted but honestly we're really not paul knew persecution and eventually he would be martyred for his faith too. So so that's something to consider or something to keep in mind. But uh, really when it gets right down to it, the, the and I, as I sort of spin my wheels and think about all these different things that are going to be going on, these different things that we're talking about, I could almost say that very first, that very first phrase, on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. That's really at the, the, the thrust of this whole situation and what we will be doing. And it's, it's interesting, as I consider the, the liturgy that we'll go through in this Ash Wednesday service here in my congregation, one of the things that we will not do like we do in a normal service is have what we call the brief order of confession and forgiveness. In, on a normal Sunday worship, that opens. It's one of the first things that we do. Corporately, we confess together our brokenness. Uh, which we will have a, a, a corporate confession. But at the end of the brief order on a Sunday morning, we also have the announcement of forgiveness. We have that, that statement that on the, on the you know, I got to stop and think about it. Is it called the ordained minister of the church of Christ? And by his authority, I declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. We will not have that this time. Now I've heard some different scholars say that that's a horrible idea, that we should always have the announcement of forgiveness, that is the marks of the church that we are called to do. Martin Luther said that after all. But one of the things that we will do and that I will probably touch on in the sermon to make sure that people are aware of it is that we are getting a physical manifestation of the announcement of forgiveness and it's coming in the form of Holy Communion. Now that's one thing that we do here in my congregation that I really, really love. We have the imposition of ashes so we receive the ashes on our forehead and we hear the words, remember you are dust and the dust you shall return with whatever connotation we place with that. If we're thinking about our mortality or our brokenness or the mourning of our flawed reality or our flawed existence, whatever we're focusing in on. But immediately after we have that, we then hear the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. And we remember that, th- that this is the physical manifestation of God's grace for us given through the body and blood of Christ, that we are forgiven and that we are receiving that sign of it. And I'm, I'm pretty certain that's something that I'm going to focus in on over the course of the sermon. Uh, so that's really sort of what's going on here. This one's a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, the sermon itself will probably be a little shorter than normal as well, uh, simply just because it's a different setting and, and that's okay. But uh, but I uh, just want to thank you for giving of your time to tune into this. If you continue to find these beneficial and you're listening on iTunes and you want to leave a rating and review, that is wonderful and really helps us out a lot. Hope that you would consider doing that. Otherwise, hope you have a blessed week and we'll be back with you towards the end of this week on Friday like normal for our weekend text and a normal episode. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great week.